0: top of the morning to you or afternoon or evening whenever you may be listening my name is Scotty and welcome to Chip Time season 2 episode 31 and it is a magical time of year people are there are children singing there is a certain buzz in the air people are looking at their calendars and just counting down the days they they cannot believe the level of excitement in their eyes and in their hearts, and that is because, of course, we are just a few days away from a monumental day uh, of the year. It is the season of giving, and I am, of course, talking about the 2022 Chippy Awards, where we will be giving out some of the most prestigious awards in all of distance running, Awards such as Mustache of the Year. Will Joe Clacker defend it? Will he defend that prestigious award? Among many others, we're going to have a lot of new ones, and Mike and I are excited for that. But today, people, today we have a packed show for you, absolutely packed interview, and I'm going to keep this intro short, but I'm going to mention two quick things before we dive in. The first one is make your way over to the stridereport.com. We have some division 1 indoor individual rankings for the upcoming indoor track season. Divisions 2 and 3 will be coming up soon, but we do have D1 top 25 on both sides and it's really fun throwing those together. For track because you're you're kind of comparing apples to oranges in some cases you're putting a, a 5k runner next to an 800 runner and trying to gauge value there so so that's always fun putting together but the other reason we're keeping this intro short and i wanted to say this going into this uh interview is i have had a cold for almost two weeks now I have to continue to clear my throat. It's really annoying. And unfortunately, you do have to 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 hear me um, take a couple pauses during the interview. So just wanted to apologize for that. Uh, if it was something I could like edit out, I would, but it is just the nature of the beast in this winter season. And I'm very grateful that I am not. Uh, any sicker than, than I am with just a common cold here. So just wanted to mention that going in. But without further ado, let's get a quick word from our sponsors and then dive fully into our interview with Northwood University coach, Jeremy Wilk. This episode is sponsored by The Amino Company, Listen people, it is 2022, we want to train smarter, not harder, and we know that achieving our body's peak muscle response is crucial for maximum athletic performance. But how do we get there? If you're like me and you're not a scientist, you may wonder how are we going to get there That is where the Amino Company's Perform product comes in an essential amino acid formula that helps build your endurance and prepares you for harder training sessions, runs, and workouts. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know why I enjoy it so much. Mixing Perform with eight ounces of water before my strength work, track work, hill work, even recovery runs, it helps my brain Focus and it helps my muscles respond the way that they need to. And if you have any questions about the science, you can either go to amino.co.com/chiptime, or you can scroll down your feed and listen to the episode where I interviewed Dr. Robert Wolf, the lead scientist of this product, who has had a heck of a running career himself with 62 marathons under two and a half hours great guy to talk to highly recommend listening to that but in addition to this being just a great product in general you get a sick discount for being one of our listeners 30% off your order when you go to aminoco.com slash chip time and use code chip time at checkout now back to the show i should do that too and uh that's that's a good idea. Don't want to have any interruptions. And I'm going to take a picture of this so I don't forget where I was at. Oh, that's noise. <laughs> All right, we're good. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by a very special guest. My former coach, the head coach of your Northwood University Timberwolves. Mr. Jeremy Wilk has been gracious enough to join us today. It's been over a year since we last caught up. Uh, it's been over a year since I've, I've seen you in person, if, if I remember. I was at one of the home meets last year, one of the home cross-country meets. Uh, but a lot has transpired. A lot of things have occurred since that time, both on the track and the cross-country course as well some very exciting things within the program and so we we said we got to go to the head master himself the maestro of this team and and get that inside perspective of how these last 12 plus months have been so coach want to thank you for joining us today
1: yeah thank you so much for having me scotty it's always a pleasure
0: Absolutely, man. It's too bad we couldn't do it in person this time. That's that's always the preference, but certainly uh, it is convenient doing this as well over Zoom. So first, just want to reflect a little bit on the last few seasons being the last indoor, outdoor, and recent cross-country season uh, because there were so many highlights. And what's kind of cool from the outside just, just looking in as, as sort of a, a fan and an alumni supporter now is there's been success both for individuals, for relay teams, and most recently the, the men's cross-country team as a whole. So for you, I, I think that's got to be cool to, to be able to foster that kind of growth and get to travel to these different experiences but of course there's a foundational level that leads to those heights. And so if we kind of start back to the track seasons last year, um what were some of the some of your favorite moments and some of the keys that that led to success just among the team as a whole?
1: Yeah, last year was a really special one just because it was my first as the head of our program. Um, so, I mean, it, I've always enjoyed my time here, but um, last year we had a lot of really, really good things happen and uh, it just made it so, so memorable in so many ways. But um, I think, first of all, in terms of like the staff here, we have a really good, hardworking, cohesive staff. And I think that played a really big role in. And making sure we were all going in the right direction not just us as a staff but also uh, the student athletes and their buy-in <clears throat> i felt like was very very strong um you know going back to, to last indoor season um it honestly felt like we were having like a school record broken every week or we get a, a gliac athlete of the week every week or it was just like something big and like really special was happening almost every weekend and it was really, really cool. I think the uh, the team atmosphere was very, very strong. Um, I think people were bought into, um, you know, doing it for more than just themselves. Um, and we had a very, very good support system. Um, you know, we were pretty much all at the same meets in terms of all the different event groups were all at the same meets, we didn't split up. Uh, I think that played a really big role with what we had during indoor. And uh, I mean, it ultimately culminated in us getting runner up at the conference meet. Um, Our coaching staff was blessed to be named GLIAC uh, Men's Coaching Staff of the Year uh, for indoors. So that was like insane. Definitely didn't (laughs) expect that. Um, But, you know, there was a testament to us as a staff working and really most importantly what the student athletes did of just them working their butts off. I mean, um, last year, Jordan started off like our multis um, did very well, but Jordan in particular got podium in the HEP indoors. And that was a heck of a way to start. Uh, the conference championship for us. So, um, you know, that he was in tears after that. It was so cool to see. And um, honestly, there were just so many different things throughout that meeting. Like I said, throughout that season, I mean, it wasn't just individuals and it wasn't just individuals in specific event areas. It was across the board. We were having really good stuff happening. And that's something we've always wanted to be able to continue to do. You know, obviously I work with the distance and mid-distance people specifically, but, We do not want to only have that be the, you know, we don't want that to be the only good event area. You know, we want to, obviously, we've got a long history in the throws and the sprints, and we wanted to expand on what we've been able to do in the jumps. And, um, you know, it's been really, really cool. And, like, honestly, the the jumps were the big reason we got so many dang points at the indoor meet. Um, A lot of people really stepped up. John Kelm, who was a JV basketball player at Northwood, stepped up and was the uh, GLIAC men's freshman field athlete of the meet (laughs) indoors and he got second in the triple jump and also scored in the the high jump and the long jump Um, and that was with only doing track and field for uh, a couple months (laughs) so um, there were just so many different things like that uh, that kind of stick out in in my mind and um, made last year truly special.
0: Well that's a special group for sure and I was going to bring up the, the coaching honors that, that you guys received. And one thing I remember, well, a couple things I remember from that. First of all, congratulations. I mean, it was, was well-deserved for, for the leap the program took as a whole. And, you know, a few things I remember from that that I think were a testament to the cohesive unit the team had among the athletes and the staff was, number one, from your voice you made it clear this is a full staff award this is not just for the head coach this is best full staff uh every member of it throws jumps sprints distance and and that was such a an an awesome way to present it i think to show that the cohesion of the full team led to an award like that but then on the the flip side seeing how excited the athletes were for you and your staff, and of course, excitement for you know their own accomplishments and, and PRs along the way, um, it really doesn't get much better than that. And I know it's impossible with the amount of athletes on the team for everyone to PR or everyone to stay injury-free, but that is indoor season last year seemed to be all about as good as it could go um, barring like a league championship so you know looking at this year for indoor how do you kind of build from that it, everything went so well things went so well at the conference meet now you're in a different conference so what do you kind of look to to take the next step this indoor season
1: yeah no, you the nail on the head it is uh definitely you know we don't want to be content by any means it's going to be very interesting being in the gmac it changes a lot of um a lot of things honestly uh in terms of you know we don't have grand valley that that changes things substantially you know the uh the team race is a little bit more open um there's still definitely some honestly overall i think the competition actually is a little bit better just across the board and across the different event areas. Uh, so that'll be a little bit different, but honestly, it doesn't really change our mindset. You know, it's still a whole team effort in terms of what we're trying to do. Um, we're going to need the, the way we're going to be most competitive for both the men and the women is have points across different event groups. If it's just coming from one area um, traditionally that doesn't work out super well. Um, so that's something we want to be able to uh, build upon and, and see what we can do on that end. Um, but, you know, honestly, the best thing we've been able to do in terms of get future progressions, I guess, would be focusing on the process. And I know we talked about it during your time here and that's something we still harp on. Um, Honestly, if you focus on the process of getting better that takes care of like 90, 95% of what we're trying to do. Um, We start thinking ahead, um, taking our eyes off the prize. Um, It can make, it's a little bit more difficult to have those results. But if we just focus on the process of getting better, doing the, the most we can, <clears throat> excuse me, with what we've got, um, a lot of times the rest of it will take care of itself. And that's going to be the goal.
0: That's a great way to phrase it. And I, I, can, I have nothing but agreement with that from my personal experience. And what I kind of learned, I guess you could almost say, from doing it the wrong way in some seasons of training and, and execution is that's just that's not just like a hallmark card statement the focusing on the process and taking it day by day that is actually the formula to success and i think you see that across all sports and and teams that have that blueprint of success is like you said you look too far into the future and you might be kind of daydreaming about somewhere you're not even going to be if you're not taking care of the day to day. And so having that tone communicated from you, I'm sure also from the senior leaders on the team and, and other experienced leaders on the team, that really sets the tone. It brings, let's say, an intensity to practice and training. But in addition to that, um, it seems like your guys just enjoy the process so much. And I mean that as, as a compliment to that whole crew. Um, just how much they, they seem to rally around doing the little things and not cutting corners. And that is something that uh, I don't think you can take for granted. I remember back in high school, people would cut mileage loops and, and little things like that. And even though that's not an apples to apples comparison, that desire to not cut corners is not inherent I think that is something born from a culture and, and that's been very well established in your team. Little bit of a curveball for you here. I think you're going to give a diplomatic answer, but I'm just a little curious because I want to reflect on the outdoor season from from last spring. Do you have any preference between indoor and outdoor? you're probably not allowed to or you're probably going to pretend like you don't, but do you lean one way or the other?
1: I mean, I think there is obviously you have some different events. Um, The big thing is the elements. And I think, you know, if we handle the elements well, then outdoors can be a very positive thing. Um, Now, sometimes being in the Midwest, we've had some very difficult situations in terms of uh, conditions to go out and and, run a fast time or throw far or jump high or whatever what have you um <clears throat> so i think that part can be a little frustrating obviously we have to bring it back to just focusing what we can control but it doesn't alleviate the frustration if we only get a handful of opportunities the outdoor season is so short um so for that reason in terms of uh the elements i do like indoor in terms of we don't have to worry about it conditions are always going to be good um it's really just how how the uh, race or how the competition is gonna play out. So that part I do prefer um, about outdoor. I mean, I do love having a DMR indoors, <laughs> um, do enjoy that, but we also gain the four by one outdoors. So um, I think they both have their pros and cons. So yes, I am gonna give a diplomatic answer, um, but I think it, there is definitely uh, some, some merit to both of them in terms of what you're looking for. And, um, and last year, I think one thing we're gonna do a little bit different this year than we did last year Um, outdoors we would have we had a lot more split squad action where people were going to different meets to get different competition and that's important don't get me wrong but um, one of the things I think made us as good as we were indoors last year was the fact that we had everyone there at the same time so we're really trying to maximize the amount of opportunities we have everyone together and when we do go apart those are the really you know hit it hard ticket punching type opportunities that we you literally can't get at the same meet all the same uh for every event group sometimes so um, we're doing we're kind of balancing those things of um, when we do have to travel far um you know like bucknell for example the uh, distance side is, is really really good but it is not special in the in the throws or the sprints or the jumps so um you know occasionally we're going to do that but for the most part we're going to be together and that's something we're uh, really excited about i think that's going to help our overall uh, performances
0: well the one downside i'll play devil's advocate to that is uh you are putting a burden on the panera breads the golden corrals uh all the restaurants that have to service a hundred or so athletes when you have the whole squad there so make sure you're calling ahead giving your servers a chance there but uh <clears throat> no Very good that's point. <laughs> That's definitely, that's definitely a leads to, to cohesion, like you said. And I remember some of those divisions. And funny enough, I, when I was talking to Michael Allen recently, um, one thing that that reminded me of is when I went to the last outdoor meet, I went to as a, a spectator uh, at Grand Valley a few years ago, I think he was at Bucknell and there was kind of the split from the team there. So That'll be fascinating for sure. Um, And and with that question, I didn't necessarily have a right or wrong answer, but I will actually disagree with you. Outdoor was my favorite of all three seasons, uh, from middle school all the way up. There's just something to me about training in the spring, training in that ideal running weather. And even though you do have issues with the elements, the wind, the rain... When you do have the good weather, there's there's something fierce about it that you just kind of let the floodgates open. And I also, this was more in high school than college, but racing under the lights in like a, a two mile in high school on like a Friday night invitational, that was my favorite type of competition across all three seasons. So... But you know, indoor there's something special too. There's that roar that kind of builds in in the uh, between the walls and everything, and consistent conditions like you mentioned. But going back to outdoor uh, last season, I know the from the distance standpoint, it seemed like some of the um, some of the heights were were maybe a bit higher on the indoor side compared to outdoor. But that Raleigh meet to start the the outdoor season last year, there were some pretty electric times. And similar to this December indoor meet that that we have every year, Raleigh's always a great way to just jumpstart the outdoor season. So what were kind of your highlights from that and the rest of outdoor as you kind of reflect on last year?
1: Yeah, so starting at Raleigh, Um, Zane ran the 10 K, uh, he ran 29:36, I believe, which was the school record. Um, we didn't know it at the time. We didn't think it was going to be that close, but ended up missing nationals by about three and a half seconds. Um, so that, that one stung. Um, but you know, overall that was still uh, obviously a solid performance. Anytime you PR by almost 30 seconds, you can't complain. Um, we did have, uh, the 1500s, the first, I believe it was the first day we had 1500s there um they were not great uh we weren't we weren't thrilled about it um they were they were okay they had some decent stuff but overall it was not what we were looking for um and the guys did a nice job of bouncing back after those 1500s and running really really well in the 800s the next day um that last day in the eight i think we had four guys 152 or faster and not that 152 is anything insane, but it was, we competed very, very well as a whole. Um, they were competing at the front of races. Um, they were in the top few of each of their heats. Uh, I mean, Dylan, that was his PR, I believe, and he spent almost the entire thing in lane two just because it was so gummed up. And there were like 20, 30 mile an hour wins. Um, so I think we did a nice job of not letting the elements get to us, uh, just going out and, competing and um, you know, whereas we got in our own heads a little bit in the 1500 earlier in that meet, we came back in the 800 and, and those same guys ran really, really well, um, later in the year, um, hmm, like I said, it was everyone split up, so it made things a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, for, for our group, we had, um, you know, we had Bucknell, I think there was some really good stuff there. The 1500s there conversely were really, really good. Um, We were happy about that as a whole. I think almost everyone ran PRs in that. Um, I think Josiah won the open section, which was a really good way to start it off. Um, Zane ran like fourteen seventeen in the 5K. And then um, I think we had another four-ish people, four or five guys run like 355 in the 15 or faster. So that was pretty good for them. Um, And then... uh, I know at Ashland, we we didn't compete distance people there. I wasn't there, but um, Throwards has some really really good stuff there. And um, and then it kind of came to to conference. You know, the outdoor conference meet we had. That was kind of the point we had realized that we had split up a little bit too much, and we made a conscious effort of, of talking with the team about, hey, this is what has made us great. This is what has helped us reach new levels in the past. We need to make sure we're bringing really good energy and supporting each other across the board. Um, especially if you're done competing, you got to be there. Um, and even if you still have competitions to go, you know, you don't want to just sit in a corner and, and try and zone in for eight hours. That, that ain't going to help you either. So um, we had some really good stuff happen at the conference meet, and we had some stuff not go our way. Um, in the end, we uh, we we got third to Davenport by a point on the men's side, and we finished just behind Michigan Tech on the women's side. Um, both of which, uh, you know, is like just a little bit under what we were shooting for. Um, But at at the same time, we also, um, I I project scoring from the meet uh, going into it and kind of let the team know, hey, this is what we're, uh, you know, kind of projecting things on paper. Um, And in reality, both sides overperformed their projections despite stuff not going well. Like John wasn't he he hurt himself and he wasn't able to compete in in uh two of the jumps and um Takai didn't have a great day uh either and on the women's side. So like if those things change we 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 beat both those teams. But in reality, you know we've we had our uh our team banquet after actually at uh I think it was Pepinos And we were talking. You know, people were a little down because you know the the guys lost by a point to Davenport, and we got we were the fourth in the four by four, and that was enough to like that was not quite enough to pass them. Um, and people weren't super thrilled. I was like, guys, we we took care of what we control for the most part. Like, we we worked hard. We we brought good energy. We supported each other. Uh, we had a lot of people really step up. And we overperformed um, compared to you know how things looked, and that's all we can ask for. We we can't control what Davenport or Michigan tech do. We can only control what we do. And that was something I was really proud of how they were able to kind of shift that. Um, and afterward, you know, we were in a lot better spot and we just use that as, as motivation, you know, it sucks to not get that end result. But at the end of the day, if we're, again, if we're taking care of what we can control, we're in a good spot.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, it's something every athlete deals with on some level, is wanting things to, to perfectly work out for, for everybody. And with a team the size of a track and field team, unfortunately, it's just not completely realistic. But still, that's awesome that you kind of took it upon yourself to put things in perspective, realize what the accomplishment really was uh, in finishing third as a men's team and, and for the women's team fighting as much as they did and that's something that, <clears throat> excuse me, that's something that the group can build on and look to the future and stay motivated. So that's that's definitely an exciting way to kind of conclude a season like that, even though there were ups and downs. So when you get to the summertime and you kind of transition out from peaking on the ovals and you start looking to cross country and it's sort of that clean slate we're entering a new a new chapter how do you kind of structure both the not only the training but the mentality for the group and what were what were the team's goals going into this cross-country season that you know spoiler alert everybody knows it it ended with some pretty amazing success so how was the front end Of that, when you were kind of setting expectations and and getting everyone to buy in,
1: yeah. So it's a fine line of having that, you know, talking about our goals, but not making it so that you know when when we talk about our goals, the same area of our brain lights up as the part when we achieve them. And so there's a little bit of fulfillment there, even just by talking about it. So that's where we had to be really, really careful. I felt like in the past we had talked about our goals too much. And we got away from what we actually had to do to get there. Um, so, honestly, um, on the guys' side, we all knew what the goal was. The goal is to qualify as a team, but we didn't talk about it. We talked about what we needed to do to make that happen, um, in terms of, like I said, the process of what we had to do in training, but also, you know, into each meet, what we had to do at this meet to help our chances. Um, so there were some days we didn't have our A game, and we had to fight through it because it because it mattered. Um, you know, one example of that on the men's side was Wayne State. Uh, we we ended up winning that meet. Uh, Saginaw and Tech were there, but they didn't run their A squads. Um, but Edinburgh was there. Edinburgh got, I believe, second in their region. Um, so being able to beat them, having win over a team that was in the meet and and therefore a head to head win against um, another team in, in the pool, basically you compare the Number four team in each region. I'm not going to bore you with the at-large process, but um, that was a really, really big win. And and the big thing was the guys did not have their A-game that day. I don't know what it was exactly. Training-wise, a lot of them did not feel great, um, <clears throat> but they did a very nice job of stepping up. I told them like, hey, you know, honestly, we were we were losing to Edinburgh through six k. And Wayne State is a a, um, a four lap course. Each each lap is two k. And through 6K, I'm pulling my hair out. And like, guys, we got to go catch those Edinburgh guys. They had like three in front of our two and five in front of our four. And it was like, it was not not looking good. Um, but they did a really good job of responding to it. And every, And what ended up happening is every single one of our guys beat the corresponding Edinburgh guy or one beat their one, two beat their two, three beat their three, four versus four, five versus five. And every one of them moved up when they needed to when I told them hey we really need to go get that guy even if they felt like crap even if they were having an off day and that was like you know we could have gotten ahead of ourselves like oh we think we can take them down no we they were beating us (laughs) they were kicking our butts for a while and we had to respond and thankfully we were able to um but I guess going back to your your question you know we we talked about it a little bit at camp of you know the teams we were looking to be in competing in competition with for those spots but it, it just came back down to like anytime they were getting too deep down that rabbit hole. It's like guys, we just got to focus on being good. We got to get better. <laughs> like we're not there yet. We're not in a spot like grand Valley where we can not have to go hundred percent at the regional meet. You know, we have to take care of what we can do every step along the way or it ain't going to happen. Um, and you know, like, like we were talking about earlier, it's so easy to get ahead of ourselves and think about the future, or even dwell on the, on the past when things don't go right um but we just had to focus on getting better from where we were flat out and that was i think what what made the difference for them on the women's side we we talked about being top half of the GMAC and uh top 20 in the region and that's exactly what ended up happening um we were a little bit more vocal about that in terms of like making sure we had the motivation to keep those things in mind and remind them that those goals were realistic um, cause there were some times that it was like, like Tiffin kicked our butt by 200 plus points at Louisville. And at that point, it could be a little bit easier to be like, oh man, I don't know if we're going to be able to get them. And we'll just be right in the middle at the conference meet. But, um, you know, to their credit, they, they worked hard. They, they kept their nose, to the grindstone, they bought into what we're doing. They knew that Louisville wasn't a great race for them. And, uh, we ended up turning things around and, um, and we moved, moved up quite a bit.
0: Well, ultimately, as much as you communicate the process, we've kind of established that's, you know, the the right way to go, the right mindset to have if you want to reach success and get to where you want to go to accomplish your goals. But when the time came after the regional meet, after fighting it out there, and the bids for the national championships are announced, released. I'm not sure exactly how that process goes, but how did it feel to get to temporarily kind of suspend that level of suppression and just actually embrace the gratification of that mountain of hard work that led to getting that so that result? So, How did that process take place for you guys finding it out? And then how did it feel to actually be able to embrace all that gratification?
1: Yeah, so (laughs) I was going to hit on this anyway, even if you didn't ask, because I think it's an important part of it. Um, The wait between regionals and finding out at, I think it was 5 p.m. on Monday, was agonizing um you know finishing seventh we thought we had to finish sixth if we wanted a chance to make it we got seventh at the regional meet so um, they take 10 at-large teams and there's eight regions so we were like they would have to take four teams out of a region four out of the ten and there are some other really good teams um, but anyway i was not overly optimistic immediately after the meet um that, you know, I know we, we were a little bit down because we weren't thrilled about how we ran. Um, then kind of seeing how things shook out with the other regions, um, I, I we were driving back, and that was a nightmare of a drive back, uh, not because of anything <laughs> the student athletes did, but because it, we were driving through a blizzard the whole time. And so we were, Garrett and I were like white knuckling for hours and hours and hours, but uh, did make some phone calls during that, and was talking with the Lewis coach who's, uh, very detail-oriented in terms of the head-to-head wins and losses, and we were talking a little bit about how things might shake out, and he actually told me he felt like we had a really good shot. If if the computer system does the things that it's supposed to do and determines the qualifiers the way it's supposed to, then in theory we would be in unless him and another coach were missing something. I, I spent hours and hours and hours that weekend <laughs> verifying that, um, but so that part that that was difficult. Um, and when we got back from the, uh, from the drive, this is at like almost midnight or something. It was very late. Um, and I just talked with the guys briefly and just let them know, like, you know, the chances are decent. It's better than we thought they were. Um, regardless of what happened with the result, kind of like I said, at the outdoor conference meet, like we had a hell of a year. It was the best year Northwood cross has ever had. Um, We took some huge, huge steps forward, and we gave ourselves a chance. We don't know uh, what's going to happen, but um, that was when I suggested meeting in Jurace Auditorium uh, about 4.45, just chilling and checking out and just refreshing that screen because cross-country doesn't have a selection show. Uh, So that way we'll find out together um, whether we made it or not. If we didn't, I'll buy you guys all Dairy Queen. Um, And if we we do, then we're going to Nationals. I'll buy you Dairy Queen after. And they – made sure that I remembered the uh, Dairy Queen after Nationals part because I had forgotten about that. I just told him I – I remembered telling him I'd get him Dairy Queen if we didn't make it. Um, <clears throat> but finding out together the way that we did was – it made it so worth it. You know, I, I was okay. If, you know, if, obviously we wanted to make it. Even if we didn't, I knew, like, all right, we're going to find out together. It'll be a, a talking moment. We'll be all right. We're going to be fine. We didn't have our expectations super high it wasn't going to be a complete letdown we all wanted it but we knew the chances were you know not a hundred percent so we were prepared for that um, but when it did happen it was that was wild um i that's one of the happiest i've been in a long time uh it was i could tell like the the joy on their faces too to to find out um it was definitely a lot of validation for the work that we put in um and it's hard because you don't want to put it all based on a result, like I said. But um, it doesn't take away from that accomplishment of, you know, we got to do something that no one's ever done here that, you know, like I said, I honestly didn't know we could even ever do here. Um, but those guys worked their butts off. They, they bought into what we were doing and um, it made it so, so satisfying. And that was such a cool experience for all of them to get to have.
0: Well, I think we do need to have a selection show in the future. That's that's something I agree. Me and the rest of the media will work on. I'll, I'll see what we can do, but I totally just—it's
1: more on the NCAA. NCAA has to do it. Well,
0: you know, first of all, it's on them for like ghosting you guys after the regional meet for three days to find out. I mean, what are we doing at that point? Uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll make a few phone calls. We'll smooth out the process, but. Just seeing the reactions from the outside, it it really was, there was an energy and there was an enthusiasm about that, that I have just tried my best to communicate through this platform. And and Michael and I, excuse me, did that uh, in our last episode or, or attempted to, which is this success, this growth is something I feel like anyone could root for and celebrate, even if you're not attached to this program. But just the process of the buy-in, the commitment, the brick-by-brick growth, and then reaching that, even though, like you said, it's not just for the results. You don't live and die by the results. But to get something like that as validation, it's something that I think anyone could just root for and get excited about and it was a really special moment to see from the outside but I do have to ask because I'm just curious so you find this out you guys celebrate a little bit how did you structure the two weeks I mean it was like a week and a half at that point of training between that point and having one more 10k
1: yeah, so I'm a, I'm a little superstitious at times, and uh, I intentionally told myself I'm not writing any of the training until we find out either way. Um, you know, we planned on, as long as regionals gave us a chance, um, we were still doing uh, a long run on Sunday. It wasn't anything too crazy. Actually, no, I'm trying to remember. No, we took that day, sorry, that was a recovery day, um, and then we met on Monday and did did a mileage type day like we normally do and um i had not written anything beyond that and i wasn't going to unless unless we found out i had ideas in my head of what we were going to do i had a pretty good idea um but yeah that made it for a little bit later of a night (laughs) on monday night because i had to get all that stuff done but um you know honestly it's not you know i used to think that things had to be perfect and i've realize that they they don't need to be you know that's just the type of runner I was in college I felt like I needed to do everything perfect because I was insecure about my own natural abilities and I know that that bled through into my coaching for a little while feeling like no I need to nail every aspect of everything and that's not to say I don't I don't try obviously I'm giving it everything I can to give our student athletes the best but I've also realized that just making sure we're in the right headspace is far, far more important than whatever we're going to put down in training. Um, so, you know, we, we had planned on, if we made it through, typically we were doing, we do Hills on that Tuesday afterward. I knew the regional or the national meet wasn't going to be super hilly. Um, I knew those guys were ready to be done with Hills. I was like, this is our reward. They also, they ran on a very hilly difficult course at uh at Parkside. Uh, so we just did a, a like in the uh, in our on-campus trails. They didn't get much of a mental break because it was muddy and crappy. And I told them like we got to be prepared for that. Um, but you know that's that was what we did. And then we had already had a plan and we were going to do some some eight hundreds on. Uh, we ended up doing them on the track because we weren't able to do them on the course. And I also felt like at that point, um, getting the mental like confidence boost of being able to see that they can still grip and rip on the track a little bit. Would be good heading into Nationals. So, other than that, it wasn't a ton of adjusting. Um, you know, we had a pretty good idea of what we were going to do. And then it was just kind of figuring out with the travel plans and, and all that. And we were out there a long time because the opening ceremonies were on Tuesday evening and we had to be out there for those. Those were mandatory. So, um, we actually got out there Monday night, did a, a workout on the course on Tuesday. Uh, just made for a long week, but we got to do some really cool stuff. Thankfully, you know, being in Seattle, it's a really, there's, there's plenty of things to do. So um, we got a lot of good opportunities from that end. But in terms of the training, you know, I, I've i been doing it for a little while now, too, so I'm not going to beat myself up over little nuances. I know the the main importance of what we're trying to get out of stuff and, um, and just, you know, spoke with the guys about what we felt we needed to do and took care of it from there.
0: Well, it's nice you got to be there a few days before so you could adjust to the time zone as well, didn't have to just – get up. Um, I I guess you could make the argument that's easier to do than going from West Coast to East Coast. Man, I'm getting over a little cold here. But uh, it it is nice that um, you you were able to have that trust in your athletes that you didn't have to fine-tune every single mile. And what I felt like was you guys were essentially playing with house money at that point you had qualified you had met that that highest goal and now you just had this opportunity one more shot to go out there do everything you could for for a good strong last performance of the year and even if it didn't go so well it was a milestone it was experience that can be drawn upon for future track seasons and future cross-country seasons as you bring new people into the system. So that was my mindset. How did you guys approach that? And then with, with the ultimate result, which I thought was outstanding, finishing top 25 as a team and really having all the scoring pretty well packed together from one to five, um what was the kind of the the reaction and conclusion of that that long drawn out season
1: yeah so um getting back to sorry i forgot the first part of what you had asked cuz i started thinking about the second part
0: <laughs> pretty much just what the was it again just what like the expectation was going oh, in yeah, yeah. i was That's talking was. about how okay. yeah it was like you're playing with house money yeah. at that point
1: yes yeah so we played try and play both ends of the coin on that you know we use that the house money type concept in terms of alleviating the pressure as best we could you know being at a national championship for a lot of them the very first time and for all of us the first time as a team across nationals um you know the the mentality we needed to have it be a little bit of yeah like the hard part's done we qualified now we just get to go out and and compete to the best of our ability um but you know we also were we're going there with a job to do you know yes we we have to tailor our training so that we are ready to go at regionals and run our best but i also don't think that we're necessarily going to be burnt and not ready to go at nationals that's just not how we structure training we don't do like a super hard taper um i've never been a huge believer in that so it's not as difficult on on that end but You know, so we kind of played both ends of it where, um, you know, we wanted to make sure they understood, like, even if we have a terrible day, I felt like we would be top 30. If we ran the way we'd been running all year, we'd be top 25. And if we had a day where we all run as good as our best days, I felt like we'd be top 20. Um, Now, after we're getting the second part of your your question in terms of the reaction afterward, it was bittersweet because you know, getting a top 25, like you said, is awesome. Um, and that was a, that was a goal that we wanted to do. Um, and we did, however, so many things did not go well in that race that it was hard for us to feel really excited about it, it to the same extent that you would expect. Um, just because we had some, some stuff not go right. Like Zane, got pushed uh, right to the back from the start. And then someone stepped on his his spike and his heel was out of his shoe until about 6K. And then thankfully it snapped back in and he passed like 30 something people. Um, You know, Dylan ran really hard, put himself in a position to be all American and started fading. But we also had some stuff go really, really well. You know, Preston ran another solid race. That kid had spent money (laughs) all year ever since Louisville. Um, Carson absolutely killed it he ran out of his mind awesome um and he was a big reason why we placed the way we did and you know sam as a freshman to be able to step up and and have his best race of the year at the national championships when the team needed him as a true freshman who was a dual sports soccer cross country guy last year was insane it was it was insane so you know it was kind of the story of what we've had this year of you know, different people stepping up, you know, we don't all hit on the same day, like you said, uh, but, you know, we had when people didn't have the days they wanted, we had other people step up and absolutely kill it. So um, in a way, it ended up being exactly what, what uh, this the story this year has been of, you know, people taking care of things when they needed to, stepping up for the team and um, and us getting a, a really solid result in the end uh, when all the, the dust settles.
0: Well I think that's going to translate very well to the track having that mindset of confidence from reaching that milestone but also the hunger is still there. You know, it was it was in arm's length though those that slightly higher finish that you kind of detailed both from the team perspective and certain individuals and I think you're you're going to see that manifest on the track where it's a more controlled environment, people specialize in specific events, and uh, I'm especially excited for the DMR. I know you mentioned that earlier. It's just such a fun event, having uh, a team-oriented event on the track. So I'm definitely gonna try and make it up to at least one meet this year. We'll see what I'm able to do, but we'll be talking on that. But before we get out of here, I got a couple questions for you, uh, a couple sneaky ones. You know, I'm always, uh, I'm always, you can count on me for, for one or two to uh, put you on your heels here. The first one, we'll start with with uh, one that I'm, I'm curious how you'll answer it, kind of based off the result of the Division One men's cross country championships, where there was a tie break. Situation between NAU and Oklahoma State. What is your opinion of that tiebreak rule, where it's decided on that displacement dual meet scoring versus a sixth runner?
1: Yeah, I think I'm I'm in support of having it where it's one versus one, two versus two, like you were saying. It it is currently in the NCA system. uh The rationale is I think it. You know we have we structure racing accordingly and you know if I guess if we changed the rule maybe it would it would uh, impact how people think about it what that six runners mentality is during the race um, so I guess that part if we're knowing ahead of time I guess thinking about a little bit more I wouldn't be as opposed to um, but looking at it for like that meat I don't think it's fair to think about it that that way you know we knew what the obviously that six runners giving it everything they have anyway um but i i think it does give you a little bit better picture of who the better team is in on that day uh rather than you know the six the sixth runner never never scores they displace but they don't score um so in reality you know it, it would be i think it'd be almost like modifying like a like a box score in a different sport um, versus just like analyzing how those things shook out, so I, I'm in support of the current system.
0: I could not disagree more. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I get the rationale. I get it. It's like we want the five who scored. We want it to be based on those five, as if there were some sort of overtime type thing. But in this case, both teams tied these five runners, added up to 83 points or whatever it was, and the other five added up to 83. And I feel like we just pretend to do this fake math where we can take the numbers and shuffle them up and then pretend like they added up to these different values and the the thought process of scoring it like a dual meet, it's not a dual meet. It's a completely different context. And so I understand a lot of the reasons, but I just feel like we have to give credit for both teams in a giant field of 255 runners scoring the same amount of points. And I personally think the only way to genuinely break a tie is to make that sixth runner have more value than just displacement in the standings. Now, with that being said, I really did root for and and have nothing but admiration for that NAU team coming through because they were a lot lighter than some NAU teams of years past. And for that five to just hold it together it kind of feels like a basketball team that doesn't really have a lot of bench support, but that five on the court just plays out of their mind. So I know it's like, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but just the math part of it really, really grinds my gears that it's like, even though these both added up to the same number, let's pretend like they didn't. And then let's come up with a result from the same five athletes.
1: Yeah, you know, when you put it that way, honestly, like, I can get behind the the sixth man, because it is just arbitrarily splitting it. Now, it it is how it would be, you know, head to head, yes, they would be better. But um, like you said, they're not actually racing that it wasn't a dual meet. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. Except there we go. we, we swayed all the, we've, all the rules are written.
0: We've swayed one person. We'll We'll see what we can do with with the rest. I might drop a poll in the Spotify to sure. to see some other people's votes on that because because it is pretty split between fans. Um, mm-hmm. what you know, what people lean towards on that front. Next one, I got two more for you here. What is one thing you feel like you've improved upon as a coach now? compared to when you first became coach of the distance program?
1: Yeah, so I think I touched on it a little bit earlier. You know, we all know that the mental side is really, really important in in our sport as a whole, Um, definitely distance running, but I think it's important in every aspect, obviously, of track and field, regardless of the event you're in. It's just different mental battles you're dealing with. But um, I think working on that side and acknowledging like I said, I've always known the importance, but <clears throat> I guess maybe prioritizing it a little bit more than the physical side of it, I think, has been something I've intentionally tried to adjust. Um, and the other thing you're gonna you're gonna love this one: um, I had never done this before um, this year, and I started trying to do it. Um, was pre race speeches and cross. Let's go! Um, yeah, so you know normally we just kind of talk about our, our race plan and what we were trying to do in a very level-headed, even keel manner. Um, and I was like, you know what, what, what's stopping me from having like a, um, a Hoosiers type speech, you know, <laughs> uh, who, who knows? Like I've never done it before. And I opted to try it at Louisville. I had never done anything like that before, like a pump up speech. I didn't feel like it was my strong suit, um, but it was something I was like, you know what? We're going to try it. We're going to see if it works. Like, I've found that the, and i got to be careful saying this, but like, most of the more I've experimented and tried new things, the better we've done. Um, so, I don't want to go like that, that will not continue linearly forever. Um, I don't want to just be experimenting with everything all the time. Um, but I've found that the more willing I am to to try new things and experiment um, in general, the better the team is run. So, um, I was like, you know what, we're going to try it. Like, yeah, it's, it's Louisville. It's really important how we run here. Um, we have to make sure we beat Finley. Want to try and, you know, get a win against West Texas. Um, but, you know, we, I tried it. Um, I, it wasn't perfect by any means, but I started playing, um, I started playing background music when I was talking and uh, I tried to, I tried to plan my speech so that it would end when the beat would drop. Um, <laughs> I did, I did nail it, but the problem was the volume was too low, so they didn't hear it. Um, but that was something I tried to, I actively tried to improve on. And um, I don't know, you'd have to ask the guys their thoughts on it. Um, I've asked a few of them. Seems like it, it has been a positive addition. If if nothing else, it gives them something else to think about. Um, and I do think it can help get people in the right mindset. Honestly, I wish I'd had that as as an athlete. Um, I'd never gotten to have that experience. You know, we get to see it in movies, um, like not pretending I'm perfect. (laughs) I ain't nailing it every single time. Um, but it was something that, you know, I, I tried to do and I do think it had a positive impact and, um, want to continue to do that in the future.
0: Well, it doesn't need to be perfect. You know, it's like those guys trust you with their training, they're bought in and, Seeing you get out of your comfort zone with doing something like that is going to inspire them to get out of their comfort zone on the course, even if it's not perfect. And as an aside, if you ever want a guest pump up speaker, let me know. I will be there and you're going to see some crazy PRs. You're going to see people running through some brick walls. So I'm sure we can, we can come up. My, my fee is very reasonable, so we can, <laughs> we can certainly work on something there.
1: Yeah, might be able to work out something for the Northwood invite. Next year.
0: <laughs> the last one I have here, uh, kind of a interesting question. This was submitted by an, an anonymous member of the audience. Has a distance running podcast ever led you to tears? And if so, what was the name of the podcast?
1: Yeah, it sounds very anonymous, Scotty. Um, <laughs> so. I said almost <laughs> when, I, uh, when I said this the preface of that, but um, yeah, I was listening to your your episode about our men's team qualifying on a run uh, later later that day after you'd released it. and I was just running in our in our trails as I usually do for my recovery runs. and yeah, thinking and hearing you and Mike reminisce and talk about you know how far our program has come and how happy you guys were um definitely got the tear ducts going a little bit um didn't go uh too hard on it but it was like it did bring a tear to my eye to to think about you know the impact um you know our our whole group has had not just on on everyone here but even people past and you know what we can do in the future and um you know we've got a very um very grateful team as well they don't take these opportunities for granted they soaked up every minute of being in Seattle and getting to compete as a as a team and um, and doing it with each other. So um, they really are special. And, you know, these these moments are are special. And and yes, it was the Chip Time podcast that, that did it for me. Thank,
0: <laughs> thank you for the clarification. Yeah, I I will pass on those regards to the anonymous user who submitted that question. But yeah, I, I think that's a great way to really close the loop because what you've been really, really making clear is the fact that it's not just all about the results. And and that was something Mike and I really got to elaborate on and put the spotlight on was the fact that even though we never went to a national meet, this is what the program has meant to us. And it makes us feel just as invested Maybe not just as, because we're not running, but still very invested in the success, in the trials of this current roster, this current team on both the men's side, the women's side, the throws, the sprints, the jumps. And it, it really is something that is is special. I think it's you don't get that at every single team or school. Um, I think Northwood has something very special, and we just wanted to share that. With the world. Um, It's exciting for people that will be joining the team in the future, and it's exciting for us alumni who have moved on past that chapter of our lives. So, with that, we've, you know, I didn't know how long this conversation would be. I didn't really have uh, a ton of bullet points, but we've definitely made great use of it and um, both reflecting and just sharing our excitement for. The upcoming season, it gets me fired up and, and I do legitimately plan on making it up for, um, for, for a meet or two. We'll see what we're able to, to make happen. So I'll just close by saying thank you for your time. Uh, congratulations again on the outstanding success, both uh, for you and your staff and for all the athletes as well. And uh, we will keep on beating the drum. We will keep on being your your boots on the ground here in the media. Uh, now that I've infiltrated the Stride Report, I'll see what I can do to really just to, to show those people what they're missing in uh, in not ranking some of our athletes. Uh, so so I'll I'll keep keep doing the good work on that front. But yeah, I just want to thank you for for joining us today.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you having me and all the support you've you've given for our program and and shining a light not just on on our program but on the sport as a whole. Doing great stuff.
0: Yes, sir. Well, we'll keep marching on, and I'll look forward to seeing you in person soon.
1: Sounds good. Looking forward to it.
0: Once again, we would like to thank our sponsors at the Amino Company for sponsoring today's episode and. Honestly, double shout out to them for including me on their Instagram page very recently. Uh, That was just uh, an unexpected treat to be featured by name. Uh, It's really been a great partnership and I've enjoyed being uh, an ambassador of their products so much, both... Uh, not only using it, but getting to promote something that I genuinely like. It's its really a win-win in, in every sense of the word. So go to Aminoco.com slash chiptime. Check out their products, and it is not too late to uh, pick some up for a gift for someone, whether that is Christmas or just out of the goodness of your heart. And because of the goodness of our hearts We're going to give you 30% off when you use code CHIPTIME. Also want to thank Coach Jeremy Wilk for his time today. Always great catching up. It's uh, certainly not the same as when we get to do it in person and I get to go back on campus and just remember all the, the good times and the good memories of Uh, being on the team there and being a student at Northwood. But we still enjoyed connecting and hope you guys did as well. If you would like to contact the show, and and please do, if you have any ideas for some chippy awards, we will take suggestions. Send us an email, chiptimepod at gmail.com, chiptimepod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. That five-star button does need your touching. And if you'd like to join the Chiptime Strava group, all you need to do is follow me on Strava. So thanks for listening. Keep working hard and we'll see you next time.